0: I'm Chantelle.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And this is
1: Forgotten Fridays.
0: Hey guys, and welcome back to Forgotten Fridays. Chris, how are you doing?
1: Um, hello. Let's start with that. Nice to nice to here, I, <laughs> you, shannon I came in
0: strong. How are you, Chris? How the hell are? Yeah,
1: you, you did. You kind of <laughs> strong. You you stepped on it a bit. Uh, you you did it like the like the Packers just did in their in their latest game. Ew. That was an Im- impressive showing. Adams yeah. and Rogers were connecting in ways I have never seen. Rogers connect with a- a- anything here in here recently, but yes. um, Go it was really back. cool. Go. Um, so that was good to see Shan, but then, um, also I picked up a few new followers on Twitch and I just, I, you know, I just, I just wanted to say that that's pretty cool. Last stream went really well, had an active chat. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good times.
0: Well, that is good to hear. I'm glad to hear it. I have been doing good as well. I've been writing up some cases for us, and I've got some good stuff in the works. And you are working on a surprise bonus episode for the week of Halloween. So Mm -hmm. we can all look forward to that. But today, yes, today we're going to talk about the mysterious disappearance of Elizabeth Ann Campbell. Elizabeth was born on May 31, 1967, she went by Liz, she was biracial of Asian and Caucasian descent and she was a student at Central Texas College and 20 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was hoping to transfer to Texas A&M University in the fall to study marine biology. The 20 year old lived with her parents at their Lampasas Texas home about 40 minutes away from the college campus. On April 25th of 1988, she attended classes per usual and headed to her part-time job at 7-Eleven on Rancier Avenue in Colleen, Texas. Um, and for those who don't know, 7-Eleven is a big store here in Texas. Like, it's everywhere.
1: It is. Uh, if you want to get some, like, really late snacks, you go 7-Eleven.
0: Yes, or mm-hmm. slushies. That too. So after work, she went to a group study at her boyfriend's residence, about 30 miles away from her own home. During this group study, her and her boyfriend got into a fight. Richard Ray was his name. He lived in Colleen and would often host study groups at his home. On this particular evening, Liz wanted to study trigonometry, but Ray, yes, sorry, but Ray wanted to study for an English exam. What started out as a minor argument soon escalated, and Liz decided that she wanted to go home. He refused to take her, so she left alone sometime between 9.30 and 11 p.m. She would never make it home that night. Now, in my research, I heard the events of this in two different ways, so instead of assuming, I'm just going to tell you both. Liz called her parents from Richard's home around 10 p.m. to ask for a ride. But then she told them that Richard had agreed to drive her home. Although Richard was willing to make the 40-minute drive to Liz's home, he didn't want to leave right away. This made Liz even angrier. She wanted to go home immediately. Deciding that Richard was taking too long, she told him she was leaving and and stomped off, slamming the door behind her. So you take from that what you will. Either way, she left alone. Um, and I say that because, you know, basically either he just wouldn't give her a ride or she got sick of waiting for him and just left.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a reoccurring theme on this, on this uh, series, on this show, whatever we like to call ourselves. Um, It's like, choose your partner, choose your partner wisely. Because, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've been petty. I have been petty. And I have done this same act where it's like, oh, wait. So right now you're telling me? And then it's like the heat of the moment has you, you know, like you got to leave now. I've already decided in my mind that I can't be around you right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, but even even if it's like a matter of she couldn't wait, it's still like... <sighs> I'm just one of those people where I got to make sure you're okay. Like I got to touch yeah. base back in. I have to make sure like, you know, like I, yeah. so I, I still can't give him points on even that. Cause it's like, you still should have, did, did you care about her at all? Dick? Yeah. Can I, can I call you that? Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, see it, Richard, mean, but
0: I feel like we know for a fact that this stuff happens. So why wouldn't you just get her home?
1: Exactly. And I mean, if y'all had a fight, like I don't understand that. See, that's petty to the max because now you're holding her there instead of getting her back home. Right. It's like, bro, I, it, the fight is over. Just, just let her be. Y'all, y'all chill. Y'all honestly don't need to be together. But that's neither here nor there.
0: Yep. So onward with headed- the story.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was headed down a service road near the Central Texas College campus when a student who had been working late in the college computer lab saw her around 10.45 p.m. This was about six miles away from Richard's home. It appears Liz found someone to give her a ride from Richard's house to the college campus, but this person has never been identified. They gave her a ride to a different 7-Eleven convenience store in Copper's Cove, um, which is also in Texas. Liz told him she would be able to get a ride home from there, Liz made one phone call from inside the 7 Eleven, then used the payphone outside to make one more phone call. An employee at the 7 Eleven then saw Liz get into a car. To repeat that from another view, the clerk at, seven, at the 7 Eleven store on Highway 190 in Copperas Cove reported seeing her the night of her disappearance. The clerk said a man driving a light green gremlin, whom she thought was a Central Texas college student, dropped her off. The 7-Eleven employees let her use their phone to call her boyfriend. She asked him to come pick her up, but they got into another argument and she decided to call her brother instead. This would have been a long distance call and she didn't want to make it on the store's phone, so she went outside to use the pay phone. Eventually, she was picked up by someone driving a white car with a maroon roof. The clerk was unable to see who was driving, and that is the last she was seen or heard from.
1: What the ass?
0: And the fact that she called her boyfriend and he still wouldn't come give her a ride, like, fuck him.
1: Like, bro, why are you still trying to fight? This doesn't make sense anymore. Like, she, she called you. Oh, my gosh. Either way, he's an asshole. He is a special kind of asshole. And there's always that one in every case we do, it seems. Always.
0: Yes. (sighs) The next morning when Liz's parents woke up, they, they were startled to see that Liz had never came home. After learning that she had left Richard's house on foot the previous night, they were certain that something terrible had happened to her. They attempted to report her missing. The, re- the police refused to accept a missing persons report until 72 hours had passed because she was an adult. Her parents searched for her and investigated her disappearance on their own over the next three days. So immediately that upsets me like if I come in here to tell you my fa- family member is missing I just feel like no one there shouldn't be a wait. I don't care even if they did just run away. Let's make sure of that. Like, I don't understand why we risk people's safety. I,
1: because I, I have a, I have a standstill with this as well. Cause it's like, like I have seen so many um, expeditious movements on other things not pertaining well, to people's Gabby lives. Petito you know what I mean?
0: Case. I mean, look at this current Gabby Petito case. Look at how much attention that's got. How much, how quickly everyone was ready to find her but this lady it's like i mean there's so many of these cases where it's like for some reason they just aren't important enough to look for and i really would like to know why because my friend is one of those cases you know like That's why was ridiculous. my friend not that important
1: it it makes no sense to me and It's like, because now it's, it's not just like the person's like, you have this family before you right here in front of you, like they are in front of you and you can't, you can't feel this like on, on a personal level, like it just doesn't add up to me. Cause it's like, you'd think that there would be someone like, oh man, we got to do something about this. Like this family just came in. We have to like, you know, why is it like we have to go through this process? We have to handle this, you know, like. I don't understand. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I guess I'm thinking about like 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 cops should be superheroes. You know what I mean? Like I don't know.
0: Yeah. So they drove to Central Texas College first. After speaking to a number of students, they eventually made contact with the student who had driven Liz to Copper's Cove. He explained that he didn't know Liz personally, but had recognized her as someone he had seen around campus when he saw her walking down the dark service road. He thought perhaps her car had broken down and had stopped to see if she needed help. He then gave Liz's parents the address of the 7-Eleven where he had left her. Tom and Sam Soon Campbell, her parents, drove to Copper's Cove next and headed directly for the 7-Eleven. Employees there told them that Liz had first called her boyfriend for a ride, then said she was going to call her brother from the payphone. Sam Soon recalled that she thought she heard their phone ring around midnight, but by the time she had fully woken up, the phone was silent. If it had been Liz calling them for a ride, she did not call back. Employees were able to provide Tom and Sam soon with a description of the car that Liz was seen getting into, but they didn't recognize it. They were unable to think of anyone they or Liz might know who drove that type of car. It definitely didn't belong to her brother or her boyfriend. After confirming that Liz was last seen at the 7-Eleven, Tom and Sam Soon drove to the Copper's Cove Police Department and tried to get them to take a missing person report. The front desk clerk refused, telling them that Liz was an adult and they didn't know for sure she was missing. The clerk also told them that the fact that Liz made a phone call from Copper's Cove didn't mean that she had vanished from there. Frustrated, Tom and Sam Soon left the police station and continued to look for their daughter. The couple returned to the Copper's Cove police station after 72 hours had passed, and this time they were successful in getting police to take a missing person report on Liz. The department did little to look for her. However, they told Tom and Sam Soon that Liz had likely decided to disappear voluntarily, for a while because she was upset about her fight with Richard. Tom and Sam Soon knew that Liz was not the type of person who would go anywhere without calling her parents, they noted that she failed to pick up a $200 paycheck and her bank account hadn't been touched. The only things she had with her was her purse and some of her school books. She had no extra clothing and only a small amount of cash. Liz had always been very close to her parents. It was the main reason why she had decided not to move out when she started college. She was also a great student and very serious about her education. They knew there was no way she would have voluntarily missed her final exams. Tom and Sam soon were convinced that she had been taken against her will, and they were determined to do everything in their power to find her. So pretty much at this point, they're the only ones looking for their daughter. This, um,
1: I just want to say great parenting. Great parents. This is, this is what you'll love to see.
0: Yes, sad, but yeah.
1: Sad, but you love to see this. And it's it's really sad because it seems like, you know, like it's just us looking for her. Like no one else is going to help. Uh, that's really sad.
0: Although law enforcement maintained that they had no evidence pointing towards foul play, as months went by without any word from Liz, they admitted that it was unlikely she would voluntarily remain out of contact. Duh. Don't you fucking think her parents told you that? Shouldn't that have been enough? I'm sorry, that just made me snap because it's like, shouldn't her parents of saying this wasn't like her have been enough for you to care?
1: I mean, it got me earlier too when like they came and like they were like, well, we don't even know if she went missing there. Like, what? But that's a, that's like a, you have evidence like that this was a place that she was and she's not there anymore. They so I mean, you should be able to find like I don't know, maybe tracks, like something someone saw something white, like cameras. Cameras aren't a thing. Yeah. D-
0: did they even go check? Did they even do any investigative?
1: Work? Hold up, hold up a second. If cameras, what, what, when is this? Is you said? It, wait, is it the 80s? But then oh, again, yeah. the 80s had cameras too.
0: This is back in the gap. This
1: was okay, like, okay, yeah, okay. 80s. But uh, for Texas, this is you know Texas probably didn't get cameras and places so okay okay i give i give them this one but still
0: despite this acknowledgement no real investigation into her disappearance was conducted detectives did interview richard several times but never considered him a a suspect he passed a polygraphed examination without any problems and several students from his study group were able to confirm that he never left his house that evening He was just a dick that didn't take his girlfriend home, so fuck him. Like any loving father, Tom took a leave of absence from his job to look for his daughter. Finding her became his sole focus in life. He and Sam soon offered a $5,000 reward for any information leading to her location. And Chris, I'm about to pull on your heartstrings just to prepare you. But they received few tips. Sadly, she must not have fit the bill for America to care about her disappearance. Eventually, they came to the conclusion that she had most likely been kidnapped and then forced into prostitution. They then spent hours speaking with petty criminals, hoping that they might be able to help find Liz. Tom hired a private detective to assist in the search, but he and Sam Soon continued to do the bulk of the work. They visited hundreds of police stations to make sure they knew that Liz was missing and they put up thousands of flyers containing pictures of Liz and information about the reward. They even managed to get Liz's disappearance featured on Unsolved Mysteries twice. This brought in nearly 200 tips about possible sightings of Liz. Unfortunately, all of them led to dead ends. By the end of the year, the family was starting to run out of money. Tom was forced to return to work, but spent all of his free time looking for Liz. He would eventually start selling off various properties owned by the family so he could continue to finance the search. Tom and Sam soon refused to give up the search for their daughter, and by 1992, they had sold off nearly everything they owned. They had spent close to $200,000 looking for Liz, but were no closer to finding her than they had been when she first went missing.
1: That's, uh, that's really, um touching
0: it's really fucking sad
1: it is i was trying to find a a different word to use maybe you know sound a sound go a different angle but that is horrible that's horrible because it's like
0: all there's like just
1: just exactly and then playing through everything they've been told by the law enforcement like that oh well she probably just left herself like you know like it completely went out of character didn't collect money like how how did these things add up to you that that she would just leave like she's in school she was doing good in school how 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 do you justify that someone would just completely give up on all the all of those things i just doesn't make sense and then it's like they're just they're the only ones like in her corner and richard like oh my gosh Her dad probably had to use every bit of strength in him to not run your fade, bro, like to just throw (laughs) some hands at you because like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) that's why I couldn't be a dad. I would be in jail every day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, get ready to be pissed off again because of Texas law enforcement. In May of 1992, your girl was about what three months old grace in the world with her presence anywho um a startling discovery was made by the crockett county sheriff's office while going through their lost property room they discovered liz's purse and due to poor record keeping no one at the sheriff's office was certain of when the purse had been turned in they could only determine that it had been sitting in the room since before january 1989 and when a new sheriff had instituted a strict recording process that had to be followed before any property could be placed in the room. AKA, they had this since at least a year after she went missing. Detectives noted that there was nothing found inside Liz's purse that provided any clues to her disappearance. It contained her social security card, a credit card, and her identification, but her makeup, hairbrush, and house keys were all missing. By the time it was located, the purse had been handled by too many people for investigators to obtain any useful forensic evidence for it. The fact that it sat unnoticed for so long was a stunning oversight and potentially hindered the investigation. The purse had been found in Ozana, Texas. This was about 230 miles west of where Liz was last seen in Copper's Cove. Although detectives were sent to the area after the purse was found in the lost property room, it had been nearly four years since, Liz dis- wow, since Liz's disappearance, and they were unable to find anyone who recalled seeing her there. The purse was the only piece of physical evidence that was ever recovered in the case. Liz is still classified as a missing person, but police admit it is unlikely she is still alive. Despite Tom and Samsoon's relentless search for their daughter, the investigation into her disappearance has been cold for decades. Tom died in June 2018 at the age of 83. Samsoon is still alive and prays that she will learn what happened to her beloved daughter before she dies.
1: That just broke my heart.
0: Yeah, this is I mean, this was... So long ago, 88, that this happened, and to think that she's been missing for so long.
1: This man probably fought through ailment after ailment to live to 83. See, people don't understand. Like it's like, oh, well, that you know, like that's nothing. 83, that is an amazing age to live to. And it's like he went through all of these hardships, and I know he was probably just sitting there like, Well. I just got to make it to this year. I got to, I got to keep going until I can find out. Like he was, he was pushing himself to like continue. That is amazing. But it's really sad that he has no resolution mm-hmm. and that his wife, you know, had to not just lose her daughter, but also lose him. And it's like, you still have no answer on your daughter. That's so sad.
0: Yeah. And that's why I say, like, I know with everything that's been going on with the Gabby case, I feel insensitive because she deserves all the attention that her case has got. Everyone deserves that attention. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But being someone that is a loved one, a friend of a missing person that got no attention, I can't help but to question and wonder what makes these certain people so special. Why are, why is Susanna not special? Why is Liz not special? And like I said, Gabby deserves every bit of that attention. She deserves for us to care. But why did these people not care? Why did the police in her case immediately, they said in her case, the second that the parents went and told the police that they went and started investigating, she was an adult. What was different from that to Liz? The police in Liz's case didn't investigate at all. You're right. Do we go check? Do we go talk to witnesses? Do we go check for cameras? Do we do anything? Are there skid marks from a possible accident? Do we check the side of the highways to see if she was hit and fell? Or do we do anything? Or was her life not important enough to care? And if it wasn't, then what makes your life not important enough to care? Because I'd like to know.
1: I will say uh, it just hit me, and again, Shen. You know, you know, how I am. I do like to. I'm one of those people. Where I just I try to see things from multiple angles. But with every case we we do, we have those moments where we're getting nothing but hearsay. You know, where it's like, oh well, this person said this, and it's like. I could understand how, like, sometimes, like, you can't always take those, you know what I mean? Like, you can't chase every one of those you have because some of them we've had where it's like, that That can't be accurate because we have this knowledge over here, you know what I mean? But uh, at the same time, I understand because, like, this is also dragging your feet. Like, it's, yeah,
0: you, you could take some of take these.
1: Exactly. But I, you know, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give little points here and there, but it is tough because it's like, uh, but now you have, have modern day specialize. technology and we still do have Susanna missing.
0: Yes. And honestly,
1: with modern technology, to. cameras, everything like that, like everything is connected. So I don't understand how people are still missing in a time frame and time period where we are so connected. Right. It just doesn't make sense.
0: It doesn't. It really doesn't. And again, I say all that and I want to say again that I 100% am not saying that that case doesn't deserve every bit of attention it gets because it does. I'm so glad and grateful that we were able, not we, but the people involved were able to Go solve this. that you know, quickly and are working so diligently to get that taken care of because her family deserves justice for whatever happened to her um but you know it's just something that i wanted to mention because looking at this case i just i noticed the difference and it's so usually i mention that it's this way with the black brown and indigenous people when they go missing they don't get the attention and i'm not gonna lie it did cross my mind that this is an asian family a biracial but asian family is that why but I also know that my friend Susanna is white and she didn't get attention either. And so I have to speculate. Maybe it isn't race. Maybe it's a poverty thing. Maybe if you don't have family that is willing to go the distance. But then I think of that and I'm like, but this family put up money. So I don't get mm-hmm. it. I don't get it. And None of it makes any sense. And you're right. Maybe it is just a mixture of shitty fucking investigating and shitty circumstances that fall together to be a shitty situation for some people
1: you know what? I've never thought about it like this, but imagine like, you know how like in school sometimes you see the, you see these amazing works of like art where it's like a teacher went the distance for a student. Right. But then you have other cases where teachers don't do like the teachers that I, I grew up with. They'd never drop knowledge, like never, never, you know, break down things. So I feel like it is just like, Certain people like going the extra mile like you know like situations where people will just go the extra mile whereas some like these people were like like because they did spend money so they like this isn't just hearsay because they did have certain you know things to back up so it's it just you know
0: yeah well I mean honestly I feel like I heard this on a show recently and it it fits this but you're trying to make sense of something that isn't sensible. Mm-hmm. You know, something that does, that will never make sense. Whatever happened to these people is a, a non sensible act, insensible act. How would you say that? But you get what I'm trying to say. Um, so trying mm-hmm. to make sense of it, it just isn't going to make sense.
1: Shan, um, and to touch back on, but I, no, that's, that's, actually, that's actually reasonable. But I had just uh, thought of this a while ago. So when she went to the Seven Eleven, just to just to touch back here, when she went to mm-hmm. the Seven Eleven, that was the guy she went to college with that dropped her off there.
0: Mm-hmm. Or I think it was just—I don't think she knew them or anything, but yet somebody that went to the same school.
1: Because I was, you know, I'm just, just I was just going through things, and you know, like, I know how, I know how certain dudes can be like really weird. You know what I mean? Like really weird really weird, like, this woman, is a, she's in distress, and for some reason, in your sick, perverse mind, you were thinking that this is a an opportunity to, because, uh, reminder, she does get out here, and she does go to call her boyfriend to take her home. Why would she do that if this man is here, and he could take her home, right? Yeah. So, he had to have created some sort of environment that she and wanted maybe to escape. he
0: slung back after, and snatched her up after.
1: I'm just saying like, like it's weird that this like certain, because these unknown people like uh, with the, with the murder we did a while back with the um, uh, right here in Austin with that one, where it's like, there were like two unknowns in, in the lobby beforehand. And it's like, no one, no one knew who they were. No one like checked up on these. So these unknowns to me are always the ones that stick out or like the ones wow. that are never like followed up on those yeah. stick out to me. It's like, why didn't you though? Like, This person should be questioned thoroughly.
0: Exactly. That's what pisses me off. Was the investigation done? Did you speak with this guy? Did you do any investigating of his vehicle to see if there was blood, hair, anything? And that's what pisses me off. Why did the police not investigate this? There was no investigation done. That bothers me. Everyone deserves at least a little. Of course, no, you can't chase every fucking lead. But, dude, if the last person that was with her is this dude, that should be a lead.
1: Yes. Yes. I I would. I mean, because you were there. So it's like, okay, so she disappeared here. Like, I know when she disappeared. The family has this call, you know, from 7-Eleven. So it's like, I know that that did happen. So I know that the way that she got there probably also did happen as well. So it's like, boom. So I have a lead, you know, like, it's like, it's not completely unopened, you know, like just where there's nothing. Cause there was a case where it was literally, she walked into a bar. She was no longer there. I forget which one that was, but yeah, we've she was a couple like here on like- camera. Boom. Just gone.
0: What about uh, Prisma Reyes walked into the apartment complex, never seen again?
1: I think that's the one I was actually thinking yes, of. Thank you for, camera. thank you for,
0: uh, yes, yeah, her case, I remember that. I always think of her case because I'm like, how did she walk into this apartment complex? Never seen on, she was seen on camera coming in, but never seen leaving. And we didn't find exactly. her in this apartment complex. What the fuck? I can't even believe that. Ah, oh, God, these cases. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, I feel for her brother that she called that clearly either didn't get the call or, you know,
1: that's Oh my probably gosh, her. I forgot about the brother that would eat at me. I'd have to, yeah. I'd have to piece this dude up. Oh, my gosh. I would then, Shan. let me find out that a man has you walking out here. I will.
0: Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. Well, a description of Liz, again, she was a biracial Asian Caucasian female with brown hair and brown eyes. She has one inch horizontal scar under her chin and on her forehead near her hairline. She has a scar on her elbow and another small scar on her right eyebrow. She has a small mole in the center of her back between her shoulder blades um, and she's right handed and her ears are double pierced. She can speak some Spanish and knows a few Korean words. She smoked Virginia Slims and or Capri cigarettes at the time of her 1988 disappearance. She wears glasses or contact lenses for distance vision and her contacts had been left at her family's residence on the day she vanished. If you have any information on her case, contact the Copper's Cove Police Department at 817-547-4273. And that is all I have for today's episode of Forgotten Fridays. Make sure you catch us on next week's episode of Forgotten Fridays. Make sure you catch Chris on his stream at Sir Dende Long, right? Right.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Thank you. He does it on
0: Fridays, right?
1: And Monday. Don't forget about the Monday stream. Some people do.
0: At what time?
1: Um, it varies. It varies. I should really get a consistent time frame, but hey, right now let's just say, just look for like the nine thirty range. Nine thirty p.m. I usually go for like two hours. <laughs> so for us old folks, we'll have you know, like you, you gonna be, you are gonna be cutting into your sleep just a little bit, but hey, it's okay. Oh
0: my gosh! And make sure you catch the podcast on Instagram at Two Bad Eggs Podcast. And as always, we will see you next week. Bye, guys.
1: Bye, guys.